podcast is back after the winter break. Um, it wasn't intended to be this long, but sadly there was things that came up in the family. There was a funeral and various other different things, especially after Christmas, that meant that the podcast got pushed back. So it was sad, but that's one of those things. Unfortunately, the podcast does take a bit of time to put together, and if you don't have the time, um, well... Unfortunately, it means that the podcast doesn't get done, which was the case here. In future, what I think I will do is I will add some links to the uh, podcast link page anyway, even if there isn't a podcast, just to sort of keep a bit of continuity up, really. And uh, so in future, if there isn't any podcast, there will be a few links there to have a look through and I might even mention them again when we do start recording again but anyway we are back now and we are back to stay for the summer and there's a few things lined up that I want to do uh, some podcasting uh, certainly we'll be doing some podcasting in Scotland later in the year doing the uh, usual Scotland podcast as I do um, I might try and think of a few new ways of uh, doing these things, but uh, there's also the Audio Boom uh, podcasts, which are now get 10 minutes. I don't know whether I like the Audio Boom name, though. I'm still getting used to that. Audio Boo sounds daft. It, it doesn't sound brilliant, but it I don't know. It seems to sound better than Audio Boom, at least to my ears anyway. We will get on to the news anyway. And the first thing is is that the website is currently being completely redesigned. And it will be relaunched on May the 1st. I managed to find a WordPress theme that I actually liked after about a couple of years of searching. Um, and I managed to find one which is being updated on a very regular basis. It's very, very flexible and probably I might not have to look for another theme for my site ever again. Uh, it's that flexible. It's I've been using it uh, for about a couple of weeks, building a site, and it's made thing doing things incredibly easy. The gallery... Uh, well, the galleries are sort of been they're, they're kind of okay. I'm still using Slideshow Pro, but one of the things that came out over the winter months was that Slideshow Pro Director is no longer being developed or supported by the people who made it. Uh, and it's, well, it's a bit of an annoyance because they didn't actually email me directly or any of the people uh, that had signed up for it. Uh, I paid their money a few years ago and uh, they just put something on a website saying, you know, Slideshow Pro is no longer, we won't sell it and we won't support it anymore. Fortunately, I, I mean, I've got a lot of work on the site that is uh, being... Uh, the galleries that are being powered by Slideshow Pro and it's working fine as it is at the moment and probably carry on working fine. But I do think it needs replacing, so I've been having a look around for that and uh, Juicebox is the name of the software that I've been uh, especially interested in. It's about $45, which is about £32, something like that, in uh, British money. Uh, 
it looked good. There's a free version, so you can try it. Uh, but there's also a pro version, which has a whole lot of extra features. The free version has the juice box logo on it whenever the gallery comes up. So, you know, if you're after a, just a simple little gallery, then maybe the free one will, will do you. But if you're looking for something that's uh, got a bit more flexibility, then probably the pro version is the way to go. I don't think the pro version is as uh, I don't think it has quite as many features as Slideshow Pro does, but it does have the advantage that it isn't doesn't work flash as a flash gallery, which is how Slideshow Pro works, and the responsive nature of the software and everything will be make it make it a lot more mobile friendly. Slideshow Pro is quite mobile friendly, but not totally, uh, I've found. One of the things I've been doing today uh, is actually making sure that all the gallery sites, if you visit on something like uh, a mobile phone, rather than go to the portfolio page, which has all of the details and the, the gallery showing, it will just take you straight into the gallery, uh, which still has that information in there, but it, it bypasses the page, which I don't know whether is you know, completely what I want, but for the time being, um, I think it probably will be. I'll just have to have a, a real good look round and see what else there is software-wise to do with the galleries. It needs a bit of thought, but so far, Juicebox is the, the one that's in the running. The menu system on the site has also been improved as well. It's using mega menus now, and... Uh, this means that the the podcast section, for instance, has got all of the links in one place. So if you're wanting to find out how to subscribe to the podcast with the RSS or the iTunes uh, feed, it's all there. It can all be easily found. You don't even have to go to the actual podcast page anymore to find the you know those certain links. Uh, you still have to go to the podcast page to to find the photography links that I mentioned, but it's a lot easier to find. You don't even, like I say, you don't even have to go to the uh, podcast page now to on the main website to to find that. Overall, it's looking a lot better. I think it will be a lot better for search engines, and there's still one or two tweaks, a few images to change, and also the logo, my business logo, company logo, needs tidying up. But 1st of May is definitely when it, it launches. Occasionally, I do test it live and take the maintenance page down, so you might actually come across it if you are if you are lucky and be able to uh, have a look. It's just a lot bigger, really, and it works a lot better, and there's a lot more backup, and it will be gradually improved as uh, improvements come through in the, in the theme and other software. So it's going in the right direction. Uh, unfortunately, the previous theme was not being updated at all. It was just abandoned. That was it. Goodbye. And... Uh, that kind of annoys me, especially after they've taken your money. But that's the way it is. You have to move on. Right. It's time, I think, for the links. And this is a bit of a portrait podcast. There's a lot of portrait links. Uh, it's just the way that it worked out this 
this time. And we will start off with Victoria Will Tintype Portraits. This is Eyewitness, which is The Guardian's... Yeah, I don't know whether you could actually say that Eyewitness is a photography blog. It's not really in the strict sense like the New York Times have their lens blog. It's it's more of a photography feature that they, they have uh, where they look at certain work. Anyway, there's a good selection of portrait images here taken by photographer Victoria Will uh, at the Sundance Film Festival. And uh, she basically created aluminium tintype portraits with famous actors. So there's uh, Kevin Bacon, there's Ewan McGregor, there's uh, Robert Redford. There's a few uh, other actors that... Uh, can't quite recognise. Oh, there's there's uh, Spike Lee. Um, so you know the, there's a, a good a good set of uh, portraits there. I don't know whether the tin type thing is starting to become a bit long in the tooth. It seems as though there's a lot of people doing it, but these are beautiful images and they are difficult to make. Apparently, it's about eight minutes. Um, from what the the text. Says uh, it says with around eight minutes to coat the tin with uh, chemicals, expose the frame, and develop the image. Um, so it is a bit of work compared with you know other types of photography. Even film photography is a lot easier than that. But they are striking images, kind of unusual, interesting, and I would imagine actually that they've got to sit there quite a while to uh, to expose them but they're a great set of portraits by victoria will there especially as their celebrity portrait as well which can be rather dull but these have a bit of character and life to them um even the sitters i mean some of the sitters actually look quite miserable spike lee looks looks happy um but some of the others uh ewan mcgregor looks sort of thoughtful um Kevin Bacon kind of like looks, well, a bit intimidated. Um, some interesting looks there anyway from these. Uh, better than the usual run-of-the-mill celebrity actor portraits that you'll come across. The next one is from Getty Images Reportage uh, website. This is Glimpses of the Navajo, photos by Brent Sturton. Uh, Brent spent some time with the Navajo and basically explored a lot of the problems that the that the uh, tribe are facing. You know, well, a lot of Native American uh, tribes uh, are, are facing uh, as the economy changes for them. Apparently, a lot of them used to traditionally breed certainly with the Navajo anyway used to tr traditionally breed sheep and horses uh which had gone on for generations and basically it's a lot more costly now to to do that than than it was so uh you know the, there's all sorts of th problems that they're facing the border disputes and multiple unsafe uranium mining projects uh continue to diminish their lands uh, and there's lots of unemployment unskilled uh, Navajo who uh, basically end up in an employment limbo a terrible 
terrible sort of uh, waste, really. A beautiful set of colour images by Brent covering all sorts of aspects of uh, Navajo life. Definitely a recommended look. The next set of images is kind of on a similar sort of way. These are also portraits. These are portraits of displaced Chinese and Mongolia Kazakhs. Basically, a lot of uh, Kazakhs were migrated to other parts of uh, Russia and things. They went to various different regions, all sorts of things under Stalin and, you know, under the Soviet Union. They were persecuted, etc. And basically, this has led to a bit of a cultural crisis in Kazakhstan where... Soviet rule has all but wiped out the the cultural t traditions the, of the Kazakhs, and the uh, photographer uh, Christo Georg Hagen, I think that's his name. I always pick the difficult names. Has done uh, an excellent set of portraits about uh, about the people. This is on the feature shoot website. There's only about five portraits, but there is a link to his website, which uh, which I'll just test now. It should work. They are usually very... Oh, the page is not found, it says. Uh, but, there, there, but there is... Christo's website is... Oh, it's not very good, though, that they actually... Um, yeah, I'm just trying some of the links and they don't actually work. But there's a oh yes, there it is. There is a there is a link to his his work. So if you do actually use that link on the uh feature shoot website, it will go through to his site, but it comes up with, you know, that page is not found. But if you have a look in the photography gallery section, you will find it. It's it's easy enough to find. Uh and it's a remarkable story about people trying to rebuild their, their culture after 60, 70 years of Stalin and the Soviet Union trying to uh, basically erase it, really. You are a Soviet citizen, you know. That's the kind of attitude uh, that was uh, part of the Stalinist uh, thing. They didn't particularly go in for different cultures largely um anyway that is christo's work well worth a look some fantastic portraits there the next one i actually mentioned on my blog because i liked it that much this is a three-part vietnam war uh series by the atlantic.com in focus photo blog which has produced some some really good uh, photo sets over the years. The first part goes into the early years and the escalations. That goes up to sort of like starting uh, the early 1960s. The reason why this gallery was put up was it's 50 years. It was 50 years ago in March uh, that 3,500 US Marines landed in South Vietnam. They landed in South Vietnam in March 1965. So it was a, a way of just reflecting that it's 50 years since really the Americans started to 
put a lot more troops onto the ground. I mean, that really started the, the escalation. Uh, 3,500 US Marines arrived, and then by 1968, there was about uh, half a million American troops in country. Um, so it escalated very, very quickly. The first part is, like I say, about the early years and the escalation. The second part is about losses and withdrawal, which starts from 1968 and covers until the end of the war. Part three was the interesting one. Um, it was something that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting something similar to part one and two, but it actually turned out to be... Um, Going away from that, it was Hands of a Nation, which was a piece shot by Eddie Adams in 1968. He undertook a project called Hands of a Nation, which was about taking intimate photos of the hands of Vietnamese soldiers and civilians. Their hands were busy doing so many things, then reaching out for medicines, grasping weapons straining against binding, soothing, praying, rebuilding and Adams managed to sort of like capture the state of a nation just by shooting the the hands. A classic example of that really is the first image which is a great representation, the title really sums it up, The Loneliness and Desperation of a Refugee in Vietnam in August 1968 and it's basically just a, a, a hand it's sort of almost grasping barbed wire. I think they're actually just resting their hand on the the barbed wire, but they're, they're just—it's a—it's a very very potent image. Number eight is another image which is very potent, which is, uh, as the title says, is war's ugliness is depicted in the hands of the homeless and ill reaching out for medicine from a visiting military doctor in the city of Hawaii, August nineteen sixty eight. Well, if you're familiar with the Vietnam War, you'll realise that that date and that place, uh, Hawaii, was there was a major battle there between uh, forces from North Vietnam and the US Marines mainly. Very, very nasty. Um, very, very intense. Brutal. Uh, and the civilian population were put through absolute hell. And it comes across beautifully in those in that shot by by Eddie Adams. It's a remarkable set of images, and completely not what I was expecting. Um, you don't really expect. I'd never seen that that work before, anyway, and I've seen quite a bit of Vietnam War work because one of the reasons why I became a photographer was. Uh, through seeing images by uh, the Vietnam War photographer Tim Page um, many, many years ago when I was off school. I think I've mentioned this in an earlier podcast, but uh, I'll mention it here again. Um, and at the time when this programme was recorded, 1979, he was going out buying two bottles of whiskey, going back to his... I think he had a Chelsea flat or he had some flat somewhere, one of these basement flats... And he was literally going through all of his uh, slides from the, the war. Um, I suppose these days you would say that he was, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder uh, type issue, you know, where he was trying to deal with it and he wasn't. Um, and it was it was absolutely hypnotic to see these images 
and realised that there was more to photography than, you know, landscapes and things. Here was someone who was documenting a war and a lot of his images were absolutely amazing to look at, you know, you know the portraits and things. But uh, Adams, with this work, has gone off in a, a bit of a different direction, uh, quite a refreshing one as well. So the Vietnam War on the In Focus photo blog well worth a look and there's a lot of images there as well there's uh i think there's about i don't know how many there is on this uh eddie adams one but on the others there's about 40 images there's a lot of a lot of pictures to have a look at there's 26 with the eddie adams one so there's quite a few images to get through there well worth a look especially if you're interested in the vietnam war as well because there's a lot of work that even i hadn't seen um, the final one that I'm going to mention is Lee Friedlander Captures the City, Hustle and Flow. These are pictures of New York. And according to the bump, if you're walking around New York with the intention of taking photos, you notice how different the city looks every few steps. Your progress is not a line direct or winding from one point to another, but a flickering series of scenes. And... Freelander had, had you know, gone round and uh, apparently, you know, at the, age of, at the age of 80, Lee Freelander is still roaming New York streets in search of his next picture, which, you know, I think is fantastic. Um, and the, the pictures that Freelander, you know, has taken are absolutely fantastic as well. There's only 12 images... Uh, if you have a look through them, this is on the. Uh, this isn't actually in the lens photo blog of the New York Times. This is in the magazine section, but I'll, the link will be there. And he's got a, a fantastic eye, almost a Cartier-Bresson type eye for photographing people. Um, a few of them who are completely oblivious to the fact they're being taken and others that uh, seem to notice. I mean, there's a, there's one photo, which is number six of this uh, woman on her mobile phone looking directly into camera with, I don't know whether it's a look of disgust or a look of anger or a look of what's he photographing me for. The, the, it's It's... A very unusual look on her face. But yeah, they're absolutely terrific, these images. Classic Friedlander as well. And that is it. That is it for the links. Um, there will be a few more extra links on the bonus uh, link section of the podcast links. Like I say, the main website will be up and running on the 1st of May. So check that out if you uh, want to go and have a look. The podcast section has is a lot bigger now. Um, I haven't really made that many changes to the pages, and you'll probably actually look at the site and think, oh, it's actually even the same colour scheme as the last one, which it is, because I actually like the colour scheme, but the whole architecture behind the pages and everything is completely different. Um, I'm very, very pleased with the way that it's going and the the menu makes it a lot easier to navigate around uh, the site and I've got one or two things that I want to to add over the next 12 months and there is plenty to come 
Uh, from me, I want to start up the Instagram feed as well. All sorts of things have been shut off over the over the winter what with things going on. So I haven't been posting pictures to Instagram. I haven't been tweeting as much, but it's all coming back and uh, we'll get doing some things over the summer and the podcast will be will be one of those. Um, keep an eye out for any of the podcast coming out. Keep an eye out for the Audio Boom podcast as well because I'll be recording a few of those over the summer. And that's it for this podcast. Until next time, take care and uh, I'll see you at the next podcast.